Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is, what's today? Is it the 10th? 9th. Today is the 9th of November, 2021. That was uh, Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer. Kyle, say hello. Hello. Kyle Robertson's also here. <laughs> Kyle, the striker, and of course, Jacob is the shield. He predicted another supporter shield for the crew this year. And uh, I think you're just missing a nickname, right? Oddfather, oh, shield, the striker. People, I have a lot of nicknames, Kyle. <laughs> can't be mentioned on this program. Gentlemen, let's get into it. The crew finished their season with a two to nothing victory over the lowly Chicago fire in the new crew stadium. Um, and uh, uh, the coach came out after and said they were in uh, crazy form and it's too bad. They didn't make the playoffs because they're in crazy form. Um, they were six, two and two in their last uh, 10 MLS games, seven, two and two. If you throw in the Campione's cup, they won their last three in a row. Of course, it was too late. It came down to decision day, the seventh on Sunday, and uh, they needed help from three or four teams, and they needed to score about ten goals to have a chance to get in the playoffs. And they knew, admittedly, by halftime that they weren't going to get in. Anyway, it was a nice scene there, and uh, it didn't salvage what was overall a, a achingly disappointing season for this team. Um, they do not get a chance to defend their MLS Cup title. Um, they finished in ninth place, seven make the playoffs in the East. They finished in ninth, 13, 13 and eight, 47 points, 46 goals for 45 against. So plus one, 500 record plus one, 10, four and three at home, three, nine and five on the road. Jacob Myers, um, your impressions first of the game on Sunday, and, uh, we'll start to get into how, uh, it was processed by the coach and the players. Yeah. I mean, going in. I think all of us pretty much knew that they were not going to get into the postseason, but it would make for a fun showing in the game just how aggressive they were going to be. I mean, pretty much from the opening whistle, they had two guys in the back with Marrera and Valenzuela bombing on ahead and I thought controlled the game very, very well, uh, especially defensively for just basically having to kill counters. Um all game, you know, maybe I should. That was a poor first question. I mean, like, why are we even talking about the last game? It, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll sum it up <laughs> it like this Luke, Lucas mean, scored a good goal, Miguel Berry scored again, and their season's over. How about that? I mean, they could have beat the you know 1958 Brazilian national team, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. I mean, uh, their season died uh, in, the, in the late summer, um, from June 30th through September 11th. They they won one game, and lost eight. Uh, there was a six and no, uh, or six a six game losing streak in that uh, in that span. Um, they weren't going to come back for that. Uh, I think if we go back and and listen to our program, we're we're uh, dubious about mm-hmm. their to put it nicely, dubious about their playoff chances um, heading into September. Um, there are too many teams to reel in. Um, I think one of the interesting stats, Jacob, is during this losing streak that. Um, for the teams they lost to during that streak, uh, finished directly in front of them in the standings. Yeah, and and if you really want to look at really specifically what what killed them, it would be the I would circle the one zero road loss to Chicago, one zero road mm-hmm. loss to New York, and then blowing a one goal lead with ten minutes to go against Seattle right. and losing two to one. That all happening within well, and then the, a seven day yeah. span. Well then you also got the Red Bulls game there, what, giving up a goal in the eighty 
87th minute, the two one one, right? That would have been that'd have been the difference, right? And them making it if they tied. Yes. Because I mean they would have gotten a one few point. weeks yeah, ago you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they were a net minus three to the Red Bulls. If they're just even, they're they're in the playoffs right. there. Well, and so I, I, I found it personally uh it struck me as uh untoward to to say that look we only missed the playoffs by a point that was a heavy point uh yeah it's really two points because of uh, how much the goal differential was well exactly exactly when you need that much help on the last day of the season and you need to score you know eight goals or whatever uh that's not missing the playoffs by a point. Yeah, and, and the my, the loss to Miami when they went eight and nine. Caleb Porter was talking about how it was a decent performance, and and at that point, it that was, I think, um, the low low point of the season, other than the Red Bulls lost late. But yeah, it just it just happened too late, and I, I felt like at least through all the public comments that um, we get, and I'm sure that there was a lot more kind of inside the locker room understanding mm-hmm. of where they were versus what they say publicly in press conferences. But I never got the sense that uh, the urgency that was needed came on at the right time. It felt a little too late to me. I sensed, um, I sensed there's, there's a problem in the locker room that goes beyond the regular, you know, this, this kind of thing happens all the time over the course of a long season. Um, I think that was a problem. Uh, that's just me speculating now. Uh, again, uh, there's no access, really. Uh, so, uh, And he hinted at cultural things, right? And, he, but, used, he used the word cultural, and he used, he used another word, too, in that same clause, um, uh, issues. Uh, and, uh, he, and said they happened to every team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, every one of his teams. Well, it, it, it you know it Our does. Portland Timbers expert over here. <laughs> that does bring up. Don't take any grief from him, Kyle. It does. It does bring up again the fact that uh, Porter's never made the playoffs in successive seasons, and he's that's bizarre. He's now become the first coach in MLS history to win win a cup twice and miss the playoffs uh, the next year. Right. Looking at the stats, it was since two that, or just the past season, since 2006, there are three teams now who have gone on to win MLS cup, missed the playoffs the following year. Two were, uh, Caleb Porter coach James Portland crew. And the other was, uh, Tim Bespachenko when he was the head of Toronto in 2018. So I, I gave him a little heat. You can go to dispatch.com and see all of, uh, Kyle's photos. But I mean, I, I there's injuries too. I mean, you can't, I think, you know, you get, what, uh, 11 games out of Molina, who is your big free agent signing. You get zero games out of uh, Aiden Morris, and you get six out of Artur. I mean. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm just yeah. throwing those. People can read into right. those things how they want. It's not, there's not direct correlation. If you look at the Toronto season, right. that was well documented how much injuries ravaged them. Right. I, I haven't gone back as in-depth to the 2016 Portland season. Um, but but for those three things to happen, it, it's just odd, I guess. And it is multifaceted, the, the factors and answers to why that happens, yes. I think you just got to own it, though. Uh, injuries yeah. and uh, whatever else you want to talk about, compressed schedule, the COVID problems, um, even your culture issues, uh, uh, or, or however you want to describe what might have been roiling behind the door of, of their locker room. Uh, I think those are things you talk about when you when you don't make the playoffs. Uh, I don't think playoff teams talk about that kind of thing. No. Um, uh, 
you know, so again, I think, I think there is some, uh, there, you have to look at Porter in the grand scheme of his time here in Columbus. He came uh, here in a rebuild hired by ownership um, and was given quite a long leash. Um, last year, uh, there was some magic to it. Obviously, they won the MLS Cup full marks, the, the coaching job in the final, uh, given the fact that, that Nagby and, and Santos were, were sidelined uh, because of protocol was an extraordinary coaching performance and player execution. Um, that said, it was a truncated season, and it was a season in which the crew did not win a game on the road all year. I mean, um, we'll have to call Elias Sports Bureau. Has there ever been a pro team to win a, a, a title without winning a game on the road? Um, well, that makes it three in two years then, too, right? So Three this year, three wins on the road? Yeah, they were... Uh, 10, four and yeah. uh, excuse me, 10, 10, four and three at home, three, nine and five yeah. on the road. So, um, they load up, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good vibes heading into the season. Um, they pad their roster. Uh, it makes some what appear to be brilliant signings. Um, and they look, and they look ready, ready to defend their title at the very least, or, uh, um, but to gather momentum as they, they had circled down their calendar when ownership took over that, this was the year when they were going to contend 2021 with the stadium stadium opening and, and, and let's go. And uh, I mean, I mentioned, uh, and it's, it's cheeky as much as anything else, but uh, then they messed with the karma uh, with the rebranding. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that had something to do with it. Um, uh, but that's me playing around, but in the grand scheme of things, getting back to the original point, um, you know, this was Porter under a microscope this year, and um, it came out 13, 13 and 8, which is uh, plus 1, which is the very definition of mediocre, Jacob. Uh, they had a roster, at least on paper, which is you know why you play the games and all, all that stuff people always say. Um, a roster better than, than what the record transpired to be. And, and 13, 13 and eight, Mike, we were talking after the season, like how does this team miss the playoffs? We all right. saw at the end of the year. That, right. there, there's the nut of it, Jacob, isn't it? A- absolutely. I mean, and to, I just want to address all the points you made about the roster acquisitions, um, injuries and, and poor road performances. I dug deep into kind of the stats and things like that. One, this first off, let's just state, this is arguably the most disappointing season in, in, crew history um would you attest to that mike oh geez I, that's that's mm, yeah. even beyond my ken uh uh you know that's i i don't know yeah. it let's just put it I, well I, I, I still think that's hard to say because you open a new stadium and technically you want a cup like you lifted a trophy <laughs> a competition that'll I, probably el- be I, eliminated in two I'm years just saying, just saying. Uh, it was a participation ribbon to me uh but I, I don't know. Yeah. Sure, that's, that's fine. They've had some disappointing yeah. seasons. I mean, uh, you know, was it somewhat reminiscent, Kyle, of, uh, you know, Ziggy Leaves? Yeah. They, they defend their supporter shield title and then... Then bounced in. And then, and then there was... Uh, uh, he did, he he saved Scalotto on the road in, in Salt Lake, oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or that. Colorado, yeah. or wherever it was. Jeez. That backfired. <laughs> so so that, maybe that's me yeah. editorializing. Yeah, but that's, to get- that's too much. I mean, we need it. We need Steve Cirque to answer that yeah. question. That's uh, beyond my ken. Anyway, please continue. Well, I'll, I'll just say, yeah. I'll speak on the behalf of Steve Cirque. No, I'm kidding. Um, but like to the injuries, I, I I looked at all the games that they missed. 200 combined games missed due to injury. 
That's a um, lot. 101 combined game of those are starters. Yeah. Add in the MLS um, COVID protocols and international duty, another 29 games missed, most of those yeah. being starters. To me, they had enough players. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And to me, they had a team that should have made the playoffs. Yeah. And, and that's and, where it yeah. comes down to those additions just not yeah. performing like they wanted to. I, you can say that. Yeah. And I would, I would add, and this is a, a subject I brought up before on this program in my columns, they weren't tough enough. No. They were not cohesive enough. Um, they didn't have the intestinal fortitude to to overcome what they should have and could have overcome and, and gotten into the playoffs. That's completely right. And, and Aloy Room pretty much said as much after the game, saying they didn't have the focus that they needed throughout the year as they had at the end of the year. Um, but but going back to the offseason. Well, he, you know, yeah. here's, he, he missed games because <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't get a shot. <laughs> also true. I mean, that, right? that, that could be the poster of the season. Yeah. Aloy Room. Uh, in quarantine, um, uh, leaving his team bereft of their starting goaltender. That, that's a yep. true statement. The, their big three signings this year, too, looked at that. Kevin Molino, Bradley Wright Phillips, Alex Maton combined for two goals, no assists in over 2,000 minutes, 60 combined appearances. Uh, Kyle brought this yeah. point up. Miguel Berry. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have, you have him basically, you know, uh, what do you have Hurtado playing for four or five games ahead of him? <laughs> they M- I mean, Miguel scores. Yeah. They, I mean, they start him and yeah. then he doesn't play yeah. for five, five games. I mean, they played Wally Pip instead of Lou Gehrig. And I think part of that is wanting to, right. like you just, he made a gamble on right. Porter made a gamble on, on Bradley Wright Phillips. Right. Um, I still, obviously now in hindsight, Miguel Berry should have yep. been playing. Um, and it, and that was the wrong call. And then looking at the home versus away, at home, they had the fifth most goals at home this right. year in MLS, scoring 33. On the road, they were 24th of 27 teams. That, to me, is like right. a culture thing and, and being tough. That's That right. speaks to a, last, a lack of guts. Right. But I will say, though. And leadership. They're up one or two players away from, I think, for being right back up there. I mean, it's not like a devastating, we got to gut the team, trade everyone, you know, start. I mean, they're literally like an attacking winger and maybe a better goalie away. And even that's kind of Porter. Porter argued that after the game. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said they still have a good core, um, but they, they clearly need to add, he said four to five players and and we can get into it at at some other point about like where they need to. And and I believe Wednesday this week uh, with the media myself, we'll get to talk to Porter and players about, just kind of the postmortem on the season and, and what they need to do in the off season. But that seems to yeah. be their, their line of thinking is they're, they're there, but clearly this season exposed yeah. some holes that they thought but, they had patched up. You also found some other gems. I mean, you get Liam Frazier in a trade at the beginning of the season. I thought he's, he played well. You yeah. Know, now Marlon it's Harrison. what is Toronto right. asking to, and, and do they pay that fee? Right. And how do you judge that based on, Maybe Harrison being a central yep. midfielder primarily now, Aiden Morris coming yep. back, those things. I, I get back to this is stuff we're going to talk about all offseason. And to me, on Sunday, saying we weren't deep enough and essentially calling out the GM. It's not my fault. Was untoward to me. To me, Sunday, you take the bullet without mentioning 100 excuses yep. and saying they're not excuses. You know, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. There's, I, I I was uncomfortable with the way that Porter handled the game, handled it in this post game, uh, especially when when he said we weren't deep enough, we didn't have the players. I was like, do you call out the GM and 
Now, he couched it because he's right. good at this. He said, well, that's not just on Tim Bezbachenko. That's on me and the whole scouting staff and everything. Well, you know what? That's stuff. You can talk about the depth of the team in December um, as you go forward preparing for the next season or, or in, with, with, the greater, with, with, with the season further in your rearview mirror. Um, you can break it down uh, uh, along those lines and, and have a, you know, a cool conversation about uh, uh, the the verities and vagaries of, of what the season was like. I I didn't like the excuse factory that was uh, generated uh, after Sunday's game. I was I was uncomfortable with it. Well, it if was, you're a player too, that doesn't. I don't think it sits well with them too. When your coach says, "Well, you say we should have made yeah. the playoffs and we didn't." Yeah. I, I, I feel bad and, and uh, it's uh, me. part of part of it's my fault. All of it's right. my fault. Um, uh, I think we have a good team. Uh, come on, come along with us next year. You know, yeah. the first thing he said was we're seven, two right. and two. And, uh, you know, so Ted Lasso crazy done. for him. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> who's the coach so. beard in this situation? Yeah, that's Am it. I being too hard here? Young no. Jacob? I, I, no, I, I don't think, I mean, no, but it, it, I, because I, I agree, players probably take yeah. it that way. At the same time, there is accuracy in saying they need better yeah. performances from their depth. Yeah, but but if you don't make the playoffs and the teams that you have, I think as a coach, you set the example and you set the the room. And I think he's basically saying it's not my fault. It's he did deflect. Yeah, it was deflected yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, and. uh I don't know if, if I'm the GM, I'm trying to get my arms around yeah. exactly what's going on in the locker room, uh, what the player's yeah. attitude is toward the coach, uh, what the coach's uh, uh, attitude is toward the players. Uh, obviously, he doesn't like some of them because he questioned the depth of his roster um, uh, and uh, he questioned the, the players they brought that, that, that were given him. You know, I know he's involved in that process, but... Um, does he have say I, though? I'd like to know who's running the place. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, does because he have this say? Should, this should not have happened, Jacob. Have say, like in, in player, like who, like is it all Bezbachenko and his staff? That I mean, because I know Greg had a little bit more hands-on approach. As best as I can understand, it's a collective thing. Yeah. However, right. Porter has a very specific idea of what, what his team mean? is, and then I, it's up to the right. technical staff to make that happen. Remember Greg now, had, they always right. put in you know, their two cents to what degree. Right. I don't know unless I'm in the room. Because remember, Greg had that title sporting director. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he was coach and GM, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, that is uh, uh, Tim Pezvichenko is I don't Does he have the GM title technically? President and GM. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and now they don't have a technical director. So there, there's yeah. another thing in there. Who's going to and, fill the void of Pat know, Onstead? And he's, he was, he's very good at his job and, and well-respected. And uh, uh, I, they're going to miss him. I mean, uh, uh, but I mean, uh, he, if you ask right. Bezvachenko or we'd say much the same as Porter does, is that is, this is a collaborative effort so, about acquisitions. Yeah. What it comes down to when you're talking about Oh, the performances home versus away. And just during that summer when it seemed to be not much fight in the team. Okay. Is that the players just not caring? Uh, is that, is that a culture in the locker room? And if so, like how, who is the main proponent of that culture that has le- led to this type of performance? Right. That's kind of the core right. of what you're talking well, about, you Mike, right. That, to get right. a sense of, 
yeah. how that locker room but, feels but you guys about have the staff. veteran guys. I mean, you have Zardes, you have Nagby, you have Josh Williams. I mean, you have guys that have been around and are, you would think, good leaders. And, you know, I mean, well, there's is, another thing. Josh know. Williams was out for a long period yeah. there and they played much, much better when, when he got back. Um, so I, uh, that's another thing, finding the balance of those kind of vocal leaders uh, on the field right. when they're, when they're absent. I, I just think that, uh, I, I come back to uh, Tim Bezbachenko. I think, I think, um, I think he's got to take a hard look at things and, and, and if it comes to it, make some hard decisions about, about, uh, how you can't, it, this shouldn't have happened this right. year. He, he has to figure out for himself why, why this happened. All right. Then if, what would you if, do? If, if, he, if, if he, if he's, if he, if he decides right. that Caleb's right, right. And, and there was enough excuses to go around, I, I don't buy that. Uh, but you know, maybe he'll reach that right. conclusion. Um, but this was a disappointing year. And, uh, you know, they, op- as I said, that this was the year they circled on right. their calendar. They're open in their stadium. All right, they they screwed up the rebrand. Uh, uh, wh- how long did uh, Columbus SC last? One week, like two or three games. Uh, yeah, yeah, credit to them. After the uproar, <laughs> they did they did concede that they wouldn't give up the logo because they 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 already had it. Uh, they already had the, uh, the the big logo that was going to be pasted on on the side of the stadium uh, constructed. So uh, yeah, <laughs> and they believe per a story I wrote last week. Um, that it's the, the new logo is, um, being, you know, widely embraced. So it doesn't seem like they're going to go back on that at all. Kyle, I think, uh, embraced by whom? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> a little dead air there. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know anyone who says, man, that's a nice new logo. Yeah. I know a lot of people that say, um, again, this isn't scientific yeah. study I'm talking about, but, uh, and I know in my gut that most people say, I think all people say they like the old logo better and that they don't like the new logo, but anyway, we're, we're getting off. I know they're very sensitive about that. Um, so, uh, I don't know anyone in any other market in MLS that says, wow, that's an excellent rebrand. You know, um, it was much like the Chicago Fire logo change. I mean, every, excellent crest. Now, every everyone in the league at first, well, the, they changed it. You know, it's right. like, like everybody. Okay, got you fired up there, Mike. Well, you but know, they're not far off. Is what I'm. Is you have all that stuff, but they're really not that far off from. I mean, you well, got, one point, right? I'm just saying. Oh, I'm, just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you're a crew fan. Hey, it's you well, still got a new stadium. I, you got a team. If you're a crew yeah. fan, I want to hear a clear message from upper management. Yeah. This is what I think. This is how I process the season. This is what I have problems with. And this is how I'm going to uh, address it. Uh, I want to hear a clear statement of something along those right. lines. Uh, what do you, was this good or bad? What are you going to do about it? On the field and off the field, too, because they still have issues with attendance, too, right? Even in the new stadium. It was the highest they've had since the yeah. inaugural year. You want more sellouts? I'll do an attendance yeah. analysis at some other point. But it was about 19,000, so Look, I one, think they're happy with that. A one in nine will kill attendance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
this is a good soccer market, but it's like most American soccer markets. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's like the NHL. Uh, I always use the, you know, Colorado emptied out when they weren't winning. Detroit emptied out when they weren't winning. Yeah. Dallas emptied out when they weren't Columbus winning. State, I always, yeah. I always go back to like, um, you know, the Blue Jackets outdrew the Pittsburgh Penguins through 2007 until Sidney Crosby was drafted. It really is about winning. And if you want to talk about attendance in any context, you talk about it in the context of you open the stadium and then you go one and eight. Yeah. So I, I, I actually thought attendance was very strong. And I, I would I would also add, and, and we've talked about this because everybody does, that if you go to a game there, you want to go back. Yeah. It's a spectacular yeah. place. It's a great place to watch a game. Uh, there's wonderful atmosphere there, and it's a it's an excellent fan experience. Yeah, I just had a conversation with the guy who cut my hair yesterday, who said exactly that. Paid like tickets for the Upper Bowl, loved it, and will go know, back. I know scores of people, including my wife, that say it's it might be the best building they've ever been in for a sporting event. So, like, I. I I'm not worried about all that stuff. I, I want to know from the GM. If I'm a fan, I want to know from the GM how he sees things and how he's going to fix it because this is a disappointment that borders on failure this year. Considering all the, all the, uh, all the work that went into making 2021 a year for them to make hay in this league. Last right. year, how many times did you guys hear it? We're a year ahead of yep. schedule. They didn't win a road yeah. game. They won the cup. They're a year ahead of schedule. And uh, this was the year they circled. And so they were out of the playoffs for all practical purposes by the start of September. Yeah. Just to put a pin on that point, based on my conversation with Tim Bezpachenko before the Cincinnati game at the end of August, unless things have drastically changed in his view, he has confidence in, in Caleb Porter, I think he sees a lot of the injuries as the issue for the team. And I, I think they're all conscious that they need to make significant. I, I say significant, not to bust up the core or anything, but make significant ads in areas that they struggled at this year. Um, and, and they'll do it that way. But unless things have changed or something else popped up that we're not aware of with culture or something behind the scenes, I expect him to repeat whenever I talk to him again, that he has confidence in, in Caleb that that's not to say 2022 is an incredibly important year for both of them. The point I was going to make, um, is you also have to take a look at the coach. You do have to take a look at the coach. He's won a cup here. Can't take that away. That coaching job that he did in beating Seattle was a thing of beauty that borderlined on a day of genius. That said, he's 35, 35, and 21 in three years here. Who? According to my math, which is, you know, I was an English major. 35, <laughs> he's 35, 35, and 21. Coming off this season, I want to know what's going on in the locker room. Of course, yeah. and, they're gonna, and I want to, and I want to sit down and talk to the coach because to me, considering the investments that have been made in this team, not just on the roster, but in the stadium and the whole business plan going forward through this year and uh, well into this year and through this year and uh, what the plan was for this team, um, 13, 13 and eight is disappointing. And in the bigger picture, Jacob, uh, 35, 35 and 21 is something I have to take a look at and decide I'm sticking with this coach or I'm not sticking 
with this coach and here's why. Hmm. I, and I don't know how much they look at 2019 just because it's like the group he inherited and stuff like that. But I, I, there's absolutely validity in your point there. And to say in 2019 too, they had a stretch of one thirteen and one, not un, not too dissimilar to the one and eight stretch they had this he, summer. He owns the three longest losing streaks in team history, six games, five games, five games, three of them. And the two five game losing streaks were in that aforementioned streak from, from 2019. So again, it's fair to look at Caleb Porter, despite everything that went on this season, that he can point to and say, this is, this is why we didn't make the playoffs. Fine. As we said before, this is a, this is a, he's, he's 500 here. His career, he's a 103, 85, and 73. Pretty good. He's one of yeah. 11 coaches to have won uh, 100 MLS games. He became the 11th this year. Um, he's never made the playoffs two years in a row. Of course, you could say, well, that means he's going to win another cup next year. Uh, and I guess if that's the way you want to look at it, that's fair, given what I'm saying. I want everything looked at if I'm a fan this season, and I want to hear something clear from management about how they perceive the situation and what they think they need to do about it. Because this, this, yeah. this is a disappointment, Jacob. Yep. Absolutely it is. And... I, I went back and looking at old transcripts uh, of, of interviews from earlier this year after the loss to New York Red Bulls Porter wanted to be very, very clear about what he saw as a lack of focus in that game and, and kind of publicly challenged the players. And in that he said he, he cited giving up a goal right after going ahead against Nashville, the game against Seattle um, going down, against Cincy on the road really early. Seattle game, remember that? Oh, God. I mean, that's the linchpin in this season, truly. Well, that was it. I mean, as you guys recall, going into that game, that was, here's the season right here, and they play great. And then, oh. And and to, to, to finish the point, he said, he said, that's a lack of focus. That's not a coach. That's lack of focus and not having the right mentality consistently. It's rarely his fault. I, that's something I want to look at. And I, I'd like to, uh, I'd be talking to my leaders in the locker room. That's it. You guys have anything else to add? Cause I'm just ranting at this point. You know, it's getting to be kind of bad. Do we want to <laughs> highlight any positives? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. Let's focus on the positives. I, I, Miguel Barry. Yes, yes, absolutely. Eight goals and two assists in 840 minutes. Let, let's have a conversation about this, Mike, because it, it's been brought up more. And you're trying I to asked, cheer me yeah, up. Here, but no, people will like this. The December camp should Greg Berhalter take a look at Miguel Barry. They, this yeah. isn't World Cup qualifiers. This is just yeah. uh, friendlies. Um, what? Any thoughts, either of you? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, wasn't there an MLS article last it just week kind of, that yeah, it kind that, of brought him up? Yeah, threw his name out there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, yeah, I mean, the usually the January camp is for some of the MLS guys, some of the fringe guys that kind of take a look and kind of see. I mean, I think he's a unique, tall guy who can kind of get after it. And I, you know, I, I've actually sure. really enjoyed his play and, yeah. and bringing the ball up the field, not just being a target guy. Yeah. And the pass he had to Nagby in the box that Nagby hit off the post, so good. I, I think he's really improved in the areas yeah. outside of goal scoring too. Plays with joy. I mean, yeah. Zella Ryan yeah, they also, didn't, didn't yeah. take it. I mean, he had his, his, his moments when he was worn down because he was trying to carry the team. 
mm-hmm. but you could see that and process that, and you, you could give him that. There was no shortage of brilliance from him this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was great. 12 goals, seven assists, um, four. I, I lost count. I tried to do it again last night. I think four free kick goals, right? Uh, either way, five goals and three assists in the last five games. Like, what, what else do you want from the guy? Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, you know, and they're and they're working on an extension. That was something Pat Pat oh, Onstead yeah. said, uh, pretty unprompted. Just asked about designated players in Houston for his introductory press conference down there, and he said he was uh, working with uh, agents in Zellerion's camp to go back on a contract extension. Getting back to Barry real quick, um, uh, I was talking about this, yeah. uh, this to someone in the press box the other night. It, it was um, uh, it might have been Jacob. I don't. Know, my memory's faulty, but um, he he he. If not, he probably doesn't deserve to start uh, ahead of, of Zardis uh, for for you know uh, you know obvious reasons. But he, he needs minutes next yep. year to see if 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 um, he's comfortable carrying more minutes and more of the load uh, up there. I, I don't foresee a problem. But if if nothing else, mm-hmm. he he needs more yep. minutes, um, and, and and he's earned them. You have to take a harder look at at this young man. Yeah, absolutely. I. And it's something I want to ask. I'm not going to say toss up because Jossie's done so much yeah. more in his career. But bottom line, you got to find a way to get Miguel yeah. Barry on the field consistently and not just yeah. 20, 25 minutes off the bench. <laughs> Try playing them both together. But hey, then you have, hey. <laughs> but then you have Lucas, who isn't your Carlos Heel type number nine no, or number but, ten that gets assists. So you'd have like yeah. three type of strikers on the field. It wouldn't really that. You you don't get service into the box. He, Kyle, Kyle's all he's thinking about is goals. That's I, I don't. I don't. Watching yeah, too many yeah. one zero losses during the year kind of makes I, you think I, that I, way. I, I, whatever. I would. I would mess Show around. Up five. I would yeah, mess around right. with it. Yeah. I mean, if if you have two strikers well, of that quality, don't you try but, to use them? <laughs> but it is the world. I mean, I, isn't that is, your roster? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to look at the World Cup. Uh, what? Or how many games are played in the the, the qualifiers are left to play? Because because it still goes on into early twenty twenty two, right? The qualification. Yeah, I think yeah. after yes. Yeah. yes, it does. After so, this I mean, window, they'll have six yeah. left. Yeah, so and three it, sets and of two. It, it starts or, in January again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Nagby solid per usual. Yeah, the last three years he's finished. His last year in Atlanta, second in passing accuracy, and the first two years in Columbus, first in packing, passing accuracy. Now, Kyle has has some things to say about uh, Eloy Rose. Oh, geez, yes. Who who we should say is out of contract and they're working on an extension. Oh, man. Kyle, you, you have... You want someone else? You're the one who said earlier in the season that he was up there with, uh, oh, with, up a, there with Turner being the a, two best goalies in the... Striker Shield contract. Yeah, in the, in the league at, at one point. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> Your point. I, I I just think that there's too many uh, oh, oh this year <laughs> too many moments this year where he was flat footed and just froze as goals were scored and that drives me nuts. At, just as a personal preference, like at least make an attempt, at least dive, at least whatever. Like I can probably count four or five times where they scored and he didn't even move, and that just drives me absolutely bonkers. I don't like that he yeah. doesn't get a jab for the team. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you can do that. Uh, it's beyond my but then he has uh, moments of comprehension you know he also is like uncertain of when to come out of the box and yeah i I, definitely some flaws in his game uh you could do a heck of a lot worse i would like them to do what they did agreed good goalie i would like to see them do what they did with stefan and bring in a young guy and then kind of 
groom him to be the replacement in the next couple of they, years. You know what? They probably will. Yeah. Seems like the trying yeah. to do it. Uh, I was also, you know, one of the impressions I had late season was um, seeing Milton Valenzuela mm-hmm. back in form uh, and what that did to not only their lineup, uh, it, it moved Santos back up, uh, but also how well Valenzuela played. Uh, See how much ground yeah. he covered in that last game. Uh, I mean, he was yeah. recovering very well, getting back in transitions. I actually asked him when he came in, he's like, have, have you ever run that much in a game? He goes, I am very tired. <laughs> But he, he's in our guide. They, they want to, I believe they want to extend. He wants to stay here. So, yeah, they, they should definitely do that. He's an important part of that core. Sardis was terrific. Um, you know, it's a shame he ended the season, you know. Yeah, he had two yeah. injuries, um, came back from them, was in great form. And really, you when, when you look at his season, his down stretches, uh, he doesn't talk a ton. But when he talked about we need to get service into yes. the box, that was an obvious sign that there's some frustration boiling over there. Um, so that's the only thing I'd say about his season is it's really well, tough he, to yeah. judge him when he's not getting the service Correct. he needs. Otherwise, he was extremely effective. He and Nagby are just so polished. Yep. You know, uh, um, let me ask you about, well, Matan. I think you make. I think you need to make a decision between Matan and Diaz. Yeah, I think you keep one or the other, and then figure out how to replace whoever you don't keep. I think Diaz is gone for sure. Um, and I, I heard from multiple sources that he multiple times this year he was late to practice. Um, I, I don't know their thinking, but sometimes he plays so great, and oh, other times yeah. he, he plays like he was late for practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when you just said that, I mean, I hadn't heard that. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what what was that quote that you had kind of uh, latched onto earlier this year, Mike, about Josh Williams saying, if you take care of yourself outside um, of oh, practice, yeah. like, you know, you should be able to play on short rest, things like that. Right, right. That when I had heard. And which that, was basically, uh, he was partying. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> what he was saying was there are people yes. on this team that aren't doing that. It was mm-hmm. another one of those things that bubbled up and you go like, well, that was curious, mm-hmm. you know, or that's something to stick in the pocket there because there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the, in Matan's situation, I, he needs to get way better, way better defensively. He's out in no man's land at times. And you see that the two wingers that they played at the end of the year because they were doing better in creating, but was Pedro and Derek Etienne who work very, very hard and diligently defensively. If Matan can make strides in that area, I think they stick around. You see he's good on the ball, but then again, he didn't score or have an assist. So, um, and and maybe once ago back to Romania, it's, it's been a, he's a young uh, player, been away from family for the whole year. Uh, That that, that takes its toll on, on people at a a human level. So uh, I don't know what he's thinking uh, on that. Uh, you know, but between it, both of them, they use did they use young DP money on both of them, or Matan? They had about a one point eight million dollar transfer fee, and he was the like under twenty two yeah. player initiative, whatever that thing is. And then Diaz was a, a million dollar transfer fee. But this is two and a half years now. I think right. you can make a solid decision if you want him or not. He he's you know probably one of the fastest players in the league. Mm. End product is lacking. I don't know what you do. At best, he's a bench player for me. What's your take on Marrero, who came here too late to... I mean, he got here and they were out of the playoffs. <laughs> they signed him for the rest of this year with an option for 22 and 23. 
I think the way he played yeah. in the seven games, uh, you extend him yep. easily. He he looked very, very good. He was named to the uh, MLS team of the week too uh, for his performance in, on decision day. But he works great defensively, mm-hmm. tracks back very well. Um, bigger frame and faster player than Harrison Awful, younger player yep. than Harrison Awful. Uh, yeah, good good addition. Uh, Harrison Awful's 35, Kyle. Ooh. Keep him as depth if he wants it. Yeah. You can negotiate the salary down, right? Him and I think him and Santos are the, the two guys. That was the next guy, yeah. Sanch. Because um, he's like... I, I, I like Sanch's yeah. season this year. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I know yeah. some people are saying like are disappointed in him. And I, I, I think all the guy did was play his butt off, you know, and um, was effective, you know, when when we just spent, yeah. you know when we just spent 25 minutes talking about the fight of this team not being what it needed to be santos is the last guy that would come up because right. you know the type of effort you're going to be getting from him yes he turns the ball yep. over a lot and and personally it's hard for me to separate like player from person cuz he's he's really good with media and just a, a very well liked and, and good individual um that that's a tough one right well, I think he took uh, based over on that, his cap hit. the old uh, Hector Jimenez role of, you know, being that Swiss Army knife and being able to play the wing, play middle, play. He could. You look at how much Valenzuela um, has injury problems. Right. Maybe your backup left back is Pedro Santos. Yep. I, I don't know. It's But then you're paying him seven hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. We'll, we'll see on that one. That is probably the most up in the air roster decision for me. I. You know, midfield will obviously get a boost with Artur and Aiden Morris, you know, Knockwood mm-hmm. and, and their health and stuff. And, and But those are uh, – that, that was sad when Morris went down. Oh, uh, brutal, uh, man. Right, right off that. The one player right other than maybe Lucas you circle as you want to see this season was oh, Aiden after, Morris. After yeah. that championship game, it was like uh, – You have people talking about him being a, a call up to the men's yeah. national oh. team for World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. Uh, he it was uh, that was sad, I, and I I hope he's rehabbed well. Um, yeah, I actually ran into him in the in the hallway um, after one game, and, and he he's been back training. So was our tour as well. So they're feeling good, but I could tell there was a lot of excitement for him. And um, you know, he was cleared to resume full training, but the contact thing is is not yet. But he'll be good to go next year. All right, we'll get into more of this stuff. Uh, we'll- so basically, wingers, basically only uh, position that center back. I think center back is well, another. Let's talk about that very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Vito Warmhor for me, I, I don't think you bring him back if he's out of contract. I don't think he did enough. He had a lot of mistakes at the back. Um, was injured at times. Just don't don't think there's enough there at, at his cap hit to bring him back. Right. Um, Bubakar Keda, a guy who is has potential for sure, but he can be, hasn't made the next piece. jump. Hasn't yeah. made that next. Yeah. But he's a low cap hit. Maybe you keep him back. Um, I think they need to at least add one player there because you saw there, they have a very clear top two and Josh and Jonathan. I don't think they have a very right. clear third guy that would challenge them as much but as they want to be healthy for a whole entire year. I don't think that, I think Which as is, he's getting up in, in his age, it's kind of little things here and there. Yeah. He's 33. Yeah. He'll be 34 in April. And when he's healthy, playing his, playing his best of yep. his career, as he did last year. Um, so, yeah, that's a position I think they need to add. They're just well, and, he, and he brings that... Uh, Calm, he the, calms everything down back oh, yeah. there, And I would say he's the... I want to say the... Uh, kind of like your... Uh, 
I mean, Mensa kind of plays it sometimes, but like he's your your hammer guy. I think the, the kind of uh, if things kind of go. Josh is your organizational guy. John, no, but I mean, like, he plays like he plays strong, and he like if he uh, if things are getting a little physical, that he brings to me. He brings you know Mensa does at times, but it, the like the fifty fifty balls and the going up and that kind of stuff. Like I, I feel like he's the he'll tackle the, yes. yeah the strength. Yeah. It, it, you know that's fair. But I think you made a point earlier. They're kind of weak everywhere else and kind of smallish. I mean, that's they're not going to out physically. <laughs> you know, the crew isn't. They're not built like that. All right. To recap, disappointing season. Figure it out. Tell the fans what you think went wrong and do something about it. Gentlemen, anything? Anything else to add? I think we touched just about uh, every point. <laughs> we, we were and we'll away see you in February. No one's going to make it this <laughs> deep into the podcast. But if you did, well. Give yourself a treat, you know. Play it on uh, uh, one and in a quarter speed, or, or whatever. There you go. Yeah. Or you know, have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. From here, uh, Patrick, kick yeah. us out, please. <laughs>